Welcome to the Build a Wealthy Spirit podcast. I'm Sammy. And I'm Michelle. And today we are going to be talking about a step-by-step guide to discovering your passion. I'm so excited about this, Sammy, because I remember when I was sitting at my desk at work, having to make call after call after call, listening to people's answering machines, getting yelled at because people didn't want to hear from me, balancing multiple meetings during the day, some of which I really thought was pointless. I knew in those moments that I was not finding my passion. I was not working in a job that I was passionate about. But even when I left the corporate world and took my sabbatical, it was a little bit difficult to detach myself from the work mindset and actually discover what my passion was. Like, what does that really mean to me? And a lot of times you get not great advice, things along the lines of, oh, well, what would you do if money wasn't a problem? which never really helped me trying to frame what I really enjoy. So now that we have been thinking about this a lot been incorporating new things that we have learned to apply the things that we learned so that we can find our passion, we wanted to put together something of a guide to help you identify what it is that you enjoy doing and what's really in alignment with you. Because I think it's really dependent on you as a person. So Sammy and I are here to share what worked for us. Let's get into it, Michelle. But first, we're going to talk about Riverside, our partner for the week. As you know, Sammy and I have this podcast, Build a Wealthy Spirit, which is awesome because we get to connect with you, the people in our community. We can talk about all of these different things that interest us. And the truth is, is that we're not very interested in the technical aspects of building a podcast. We want something that's just reliable that we don't have to think twice about, and Riverside is that platform for us. It allows us to get audio and video recordings. Everything is downloaded locally, so we literally never have an issue with audio or video, and that's huge. (laughs) It's not a small thing, and that means that we actually don't even have to think about the details of the technical aspects. We can just focus on the conversations we're having with each other and with our guests. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, if you want to do a live stream or some sort of audio video setup, we highly recommend Riverside and you can get started with the link in our show notes. Now back to today's topic, a step-by-step guide to discovering your passion. For today's episode, Michelle and I found an awesome piece, which is actually from the Tony Robbins website. Yes, the Tony Robbins. And if you don't know Tony Robbins, he is the self-development guy, the motivational speaker. People go to his thousand people conferences and like pass out (laughs) because they're so excited (laughs) about finding their purpose. I'm actually not joking. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me when we approached this article, I was like, oh, okay, Tony Robbins, sure, he's that guy. But I found it complement our own ideas really well. And so I'm really excited to weave in some of his suggestions into our conversation today because I think you'll like them as well. Yes, Michelle, his advice was really practical. 
And I'm not surprised people are passing out at this kind of knowledge. <laughs> Guys, if you uh, you want to ma- maybe make sure you're not driving while you're listening to this <laughs> podcast because it's going to be inspiring. <laughs> so, Savvy, step one, we have to say this up front, you have to decouple yourself from the jobbing mindset because passion and what makes money may or may not go together. You cannot get bogged down by the idea that your passion has to make money. I think for me, that was the thing that I was too focused on was, oh, was maybe I like this, but does it make me money? No, no, no. That's not what this is about. We are focused on passion first today. Yes. Passion first. Passion regardless of whether it makes money. Listen, we understand you probably need money, maybe for shelter, for food, different things. Go ahead, make money in whatever way you see fit. But don't force your passion and money to go together. Sometimes we have jobs that align with our passions, and other times we have jobs that just don't get in the way of our passion. Or we work a job for a while so that we can then later spend time fully on our passion. However you do it, just because something's your passion doesn't mean that it's something that you need to monetize on. I love Elizabeth Gilbert of Eat, Pray, Love. She also has a book, Big Magic, and she talks about exactly this, how all you have to do is fund your life, but that does not have to be the same as your passion. Even she says that she believes that you shouldn't even put the pressure of making money on your passion or your purpose. For example, before she became a big author, she was working part-time jobs. She was waitressing while she was writing. She didn't want to turn her passion into something that had to make money. We don't want to add that additional stress or anxiety to finding your passion. Step two of finding your passion. Think back to what you used to love to do. The author of Happy Money, Ken Honda, talks about specifically thinking about what you used to love to do as a child. And I was thinking about this, Michelle, and I was thinking about something that we used to love to do all the time to mm, maybe an embarrassingly old age. Eat Oreos for breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) Aside from that, (laughs) I guess this list is longer than I thought. (laughs) I'm talking about playing with Barbies. Ooh, yeah. Yes. We played with Barbies way later than we probably should have. Like, the only reason we stopped is we were just like, okay, this is kind of embarrassing that we are still playing with Barbies. We don't want anyone to know about this, and we're just going to, like, make it stop now. I'm not saying Michelle and I were born to be, like, doll connoisseurs or something (laughs) like that. We don't care for dolls that much. The reason we liked Barbies is because... We liked seeing their characters. We liked creating a storyline. All of our Barbies were like very round characters with personalities. And we liked giving those personalities traits that fit. Or if they changed, why did they change? And this reflects Michelle and I's genuine curiosity for people. This is very true, Sammy. One, I think we love telling stories. Two, we definitely both really enjoy learning. And we do have a strong curiosity for people. You know what else I think about? Hmm. For some reason, I think I got like a free magazine for a year or something through our school. And we started to get Psychology Today. And we were like in middle school reading Psychology Today. And then we would talk to each other about our friends. And we would say, hmm, (laughs) so 
and Joe might be a psych- psychopath. <laughs> Do you think that blah 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 is a narcissist? <laughs> <laughs> and like, and then when we had we got to college shit for like a really long time. Like, I used mm-hmm. to really love reading it and just like apply what we learn to other people, people in our life. And I think we just have a really deep interest in people and in ideas, which surprise, surprise, now we have a podcast. And that's really funny. Yeah, I, I do think it stemmed for Barbies because our Barbies had co- deep, complicated relationships. They had enemies, you know, <laughs> the big Easter bunny that we had. There was a lot of going on. <laughs> he was the original bad bunny. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I do love this idea. Paul Millard has something similar in Pathless Path where he talks about forgotten hobbies, which is so interesting because I was talking to a woman recently who left her job, she became buyer, and we were having a conversation. She's like, I just don't even know what I'm interested in doing. I've been working for so long. And we kept talking and she happened to mention how her parents were musicians and how originally she had thought that she was going to work in the music industry. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. Hello, forgotten hobby. I was like, is that something you think you would still be interested in? And she thought about it. And the next time we had a conversation, she was like, I'm building a product for musicians. I'm combining my skills with something I'm super interested in. And I love that. I think that we actually do have a lot of things that we're interested in growing up. But once again, we start getting into this jobby mindset. We start thinking about, oh, what's practical? How can I make money? And we abandon those. For me, I used to write when I was little. I used to write even when I was fresh out of college. And I completely abandoned that because I wanted to make money quickly and move out of my parents' house. That was really important to me at the time. Tony Robbins also says to look at what you love. When you look at your day, when you look at your week, what are the parts that you just absolutely love? When, when I think about that, I think about me listening to my podcasts. I love finance podcasts. I could listen to them for hours. I always talk about how I don't have time to do anything, which is true. But somehow I managed to fit in like at least six to 10 finance related podcasts in a week. And I absolutely relish them. I don't know what that means as far as a job, but I know that is a passion of mine. When you said, look at what you love, Sammy, I thought you were going to talk about me (laughs) right now, staring through Riverside in your eyes. (laughs) But I guess podcasts are nice too. Step number three, what types of activities make you come alive? Oh, Sammy, you know what we love to use. Jonathan Fields' Sparkotype Quiz. We have a whole episode on Sparkotypes, or you can look in our show notes for his quiz. You can read his book, Sparked, if you want to. You can listen to his podcast, Sparked, if you want to. The whole point of Sparkotypes, though, is to identify what is the work that you do that makes you come alive. For me, I am a performer, someone who likes to bring joy and delight to a moment, and a maven, somebody who loves to learn. And I actually use that to help me define what are some of the things that I'm passionate about? For example, once again, podcasting <laughs> is perfect because I love having the opportunity to talk with Sammy, to make it fun and interesting. And also I love to learn. So we're always reading books, we're reading articles, and we're getting the opportunity to share that with you. So this is really in alignment for me. 
And I am also a maven. I'm a maven as my primary sparkotype and an essentialist as my shadow sparkotype. Essentialists are people who love to bring order from chaos, or they love to organize things. They love to distill information or things. And this is so me. I remember even when I was little, I loved to like organize the whole house. And finding out that I was a maven and essentialist was huge for me in realizing what things I actually like to do. I find it no surprise that I like to listen to tons of podcasts because that is my primary sparkotype is learning. And I also love to clean. People say, oh, I love to stress clean. I'm like, I love to unstress clean. I love to clean when I'm sad. I love to clean when I'm happy. There's no time where I do not love cleaning. I could spend all day cleaning and I would be the happiest camper. I also wish you had more time to clean, Sammy, because I know our apartment would be spick and span. No dirty dishes. You could probably do my laundry. No, no, no. I would never want you to do my laundry. But <laughs> one thing that Michelle is very particular about. <laughs> Acts of service is not my love language. I think this is also a really great way to constantly check in with yourself to make sure the work you're doing is building towards your purpose. For example, I took time off work. I was doing all this soul searching. You would think that with all that introspection, my life would be perfectly aligned with my purpose, let's say. But something I noticed recently is that I was really burning out. I've been working a lot more with different communities. I've been having a lot of conversations with people who on Twitter would reach out to me and want to chat. And while I love talking to people, I was having four to six meetings in a day sometimes. And I was feeling so drained and I didn't know why, because I think you could argue that I get along with people and I love having conversations with people. But the truth is, is that I'm a performer and I'm a maven. I love learning and I love like being entertaining. It's not necessarily all that meaningful to me to just constantly be like advising people or coaching people or helping them with their lives. Like I totally think it's great when they have that moment of inspiration. But considering it was starting to take up a large portion of my time, I was like, no, 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 no. I like writing. I like podcasting. These are things that really bring my sparkotypes alive. I need to cut out these conversations because they're taking up a lot of time and they're actually more draining because they're not aligned with what I really think my purpose is. I think you bring up a really good point there, Michelle. And I'd just like to highlight something you brought up because I know people like me think that once we are not working, we'll probably be filling our time with things that we love to do, but it is easy to fill your time with things that you don't love to do. And that's why it's helpful to know something like your sparkotype. So you can turn back on that and see why do I feel out of alignment right now? I agree. And I also think that if you know the things that make you come alive, if you know the things that get you excited, it also helps in defining who your role models are. We're defining like what footsteps you want to follow in. For me, there are a lot of people who are in my space, who talk about work-life balance, who have podcasts. But even though we might be doing the exact same role, we might not be motivated by the same thing. So I'll give you an example. Recently, I was thinking about, oh, is there someone who is a performer maven or a performer that I can look to and see like, what do they do to like get themselves excited? And so I actually went to masterclass and I was doing some of their classes and I noticed that there are people on there like Issa Rae who 
again, I don't know what her sparkotype is, but I can tell that she's somebody who does love to perform. She's not only a writer, she's also an actress. She had her own YouTube series. And so I started to watch her masterclass because I was like, her path could be something I can learn from and see what excites her and see what really aligns for her because she is somebody who is motivated by the same things that I am and excited by the same things that I am. I like that, Michelle. Find somebody who has a sparkotype that is similar to you and see what they are doing to light up their lives. Mm-hmm. Look, I love Mother Teresa, okay? But that woman <laughs> is for sure an advocate nurturer. Like she, I hope, loved helping people. That's not me. I am not going to do the same things that she's doing. And I, I'm probably just going to get tired. <laughs> I'm not that good of a person. But nothing but respect. But I have to find a different role model. Which brings us to step four of discovering your passion, which is understanding your values. Yes, Amy, this is super important because this is actually a crux, I think, of building a wealthy spirit as well. It's true. And you might hear something like understanding your values, and that sounds so pie in the sky, you know, so, so ambiguous. I know that's how I felt when my therapist recommended that we discover what my values are. And I thought, Mm, okay, I guess we can do that for this one session. Luckily, she had a quiz. And you know here at Build a Wealthy Spirit, we're not just going to say, understand your values and leave you hanging. Okay, we have a quiz for that and we will link to it in the show notes. When I did this quiz, I truly understood what my values were. Things like community would pop up against discipline. And I'm the type of person who chooses discipline. I like discipline more. And so when my final five values popped up, they were spirituality, discipline, curiosity, authenticity, and independence. I was quite shocked, but also those values resonated with me. If I were to have a perfect day, like the most perfect day that aligned with all my values, I would wake up early, maybe just a little bit before the sun peaks its little sunny head, and I'd probably get ready to go on a morning run. Then I'd come home and I'd have a nice, super healthy breakfast while maybe I did some tidying, putting the dishes away in a neat way where they were either color organized or organized by size. And maybe then I'd turn on like a little candle or an essential oil diffuser and meditate. Then maybe the rest of my day would be spent doing something like learning about something that I'm super, super interested in, like finance or geology. That's true, Sammy. It's quite a rock collection building. I didn't know that that was going to be a hobby of mine, but there's a lot of rocks around here, and so it is now a hobby. Makes sense. You know, Sammy used to play in the mud as a child, so I think it's all connected. (laughs) Then I would go do my errands. I would organize all my binders. You know, I have my little HSA binder, my car binder, my tracking, my expenses binder. All of those things would always be up to date because I would have time to do that. And then maybe in the evening time, I would meet with a group of people doing something that really resonated with me, like a yoga class or a meditation group or a book club, something like that. And that would be the most perfect day. Then I look at my actual day. (laughs) I'm going to work. I'm, you know, talking to tons of people, help placating them, helping them with their problems, collaborating with teams. And you know what? For somebody who's Values are helping others or teamwork or contribution or success or compassion. That would be a beautiful day, but that's not my values. So I'm just like doing this thing, which 
isn't necessarily bad, but it really takes away from my time that I get to spend on doing things that I truly value. I definitely think knowing your values really helps, Sammy. For me, my values are loyalty, growth, inner harmony, trust, tolerance, and to just be aware of those things because it helps me when I'm like trying to define what my perfect day looks like too, which I think I love the idea of like what your perfect day looks like because I think that's actually what we're really trying to build towards when we're trying to find our passion is just have more of those days where we're having days that we're happy, we feel fulfilled, and they bring meaning to us in a way that's specifically tailored to our values and interest. Which brings us to step five of finding your passion. The final step, and this one is direct from the Tony Robbins playbook. That is the rocking chair test. He says, imagine you're an old person sitting on the front porch, maybe in the low country of South Carolina with a little bit of that humidity, but not too much. And you're just sitting there on a rocking chair thinking about your life. We're both rocking. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy and I just both started like rocking in our chairs. We're like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're feeling it. <laughs> Maybe that's my passion, period. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, think about, you know, when you're reflecting on your life, what, you know, what are you proud of? What brings you joy? What do you, what are you really glad that you took the chance to do? And what do you regret? What do you regret spending so much time on? Or what do you regret doing, period? Use that as a guide to tell you what your passions are and what you want your overall life to look like. I love that, Sammy. Takeaways. So our takeaways for this episode, first and foremost, detach passion from the jobby mindset. Mm -hmm. You might love to do something. Do not get overly focused about whether or not it makes money. Because your passion, it may make you money, it may not make you money, but that is not the purpose. The purpose is to find the thing that you love to do. Number two, what did you like to do as a child? Maybe it's not that exact thing that is your passion, but your passion is likely related to those things that brought you joy as a child. Step three, understand what makes you come alive. We highly recommend taking the Sparkotype quiz, but regardless, I think we all can check in, look at our day-to-day and say, okay, these are the things I do that energize me, that make me excited, and these are the things that don't. And let's see if we can find a way to do more of the good and less of the bad. Step four, what are your values? And you don't have to think about it in an ambiguous way. You can take the values quiz. And if you take either the Sparkotype or the values quiz, please go to our website and comment on that episode because we are always so curious to see what your guys' sparkotypes are and to see what your guys' values are and how that's played out in your life. I have a spreadsheet of all the sparkotypes people have told me, which probably says something about my passion. (laughs) (laughs) But truly, we love learning that because we're curious about other people and we would love to know yours. You are our Barbies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, Nicki Minaj. It's coming together. (laughs) and step five rocking chair test if you start rocking back and forth a little bit feel that sweet sweet wind in your hair feel that slightly moist air (laughs) (laughs) and think to yourself hmm i am looking back on my life it was so fulfilling because i 
was writing and creating and connecting with people in my community. That would be mine. What would yours be, Sammy? In mine, I'm seeing me learning things I love to learn. I'm seeing me dancing because I love to dance. Being part of groups where people are learning or dancing or meditating or doing spiritual things. All of those things I love. And I think those are the things I would remember while I'm rocking in my rocking chair. I love that, Tammy. And I want to be there dancing too. (laughs) A little dancing rocking chair routine. (laughs) Synchronized rocking chairs. This is maybe the best idea we've had. Community time. Before we say goodbye, it's our community time. And speaking of passion, speaking of enjoying writing, I did a guest post for Paul Millard's newsletter, Boundless. Definitely check it out. I've been really discovering new things that I love. Like, I am in some capacity working for all three of the communities that I'm in. I'm head of vibes for Paul's Find the Others, which performer, maven, head of vibes really lines up. (laughs) I'm going to be a mentor now for Rite of Passage, the course that I did next month. So I'm really excited. And these are all opportunities I didn't even know existed when I was doing all this introspection a year or two ago. So just to encourage you all, like sometimes defining it as the first step and then the universe will conspire to help you reach those things. Michelle is a great example of finding your passions because she joined all these groups just doing things that she loved. And then now she's got jobs in all these things that she loves. Not to have a jobby mindset, but sometimes things just work out in a way that you can't predict. Yeah, it's funny because I have all of these jobs in groups that are anti-jobs. So it's like (laughs) funny how these things work out. (laughs) And shout outs from our community. Thank you, Chitra, RVB, Elizabeth, for leaving us comments on our Substack. We love to hear from all of you. Mm -hmm. Now that buildawealthyspirit.com is a Substack, you can actually go comment. Let us know what you like. Let us know your spark types, your values, things like that. We'd love to hear from you. And we will comment back if we do. And if you guys are like me, which is not technologically savvy, a Substack, it's similar to a website, except it's also like a newsletter. So it will send you the post as a email and you can comment on the site so you can interact with other people who are reading the content as well. So I think it's a great place for a community to be hosted as well. We are huge fans of it since we've made the transition. And most importantly, be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and we rethink the status quo. (music) 